everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Puck Around podcast presented by the Fantasy Hockey Network. I'm your host, Davey Rosen. I'm here with the panelists, Jace Rosen, Kyle Kagan, Stephen Miotto. Fellas, how have the weeks been? Pretty good. Stephen here. I've had a relatively low event week, which is nice considering the season we've had. I had one of those weeks where I started off strong. And the guys I'm playing have just not been able to put it together. And I can just prepare for the next week. Do you know how nice that is this season? To just relax and adjust that's for postponements fan, and whatnot? fantastic. But, but who yeah. are you talking in third person? Mike Babcock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, look, look. I got two teams to manage. I'm not one person. I'm two different characters on this fantasy world. No, no, no. You wanted to let the listeners know who you were. I back it. But that is nice. That is nice. You have a bit of a breather week. Get to focus on next week. Look ahead. It's very fortunate. I have not been in that same predicament. And... First dud of the week for my team, really, and has to come against Kyle in the big league, of course. Who Kyle's, Kyle's team is rolling right now, actually, in first place. And what's actually been really impressive, Kyle, and I'm going to tell you this, you've been doing it without any help from your goaltending. So that's what actually makes it even more impressive to me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really proud of this team. You know, we came together as a team. We're performing, getting the puck <laughs> in deep. We bonded the, over the, Christmas. Yeah, the entire team. Uh, no one's in kangaroo court yet, <laughs> unlike myself, but... The team's really gelling, so I'm proud of them. And even though we haven't necessarily been getting the performances from uh, Bobrovsky and Shesterkin, I thought two long Russian names, how do you go wrong? But it's not working out there. But Ehlers has really picked it up. I was able to trade Pavelski for Ziba, so hopefully Ziba can turn it around and really make this team a juggernaut. But I'm in first place, had a relatively easy week against Avery so far. But, you know, he can always catch up. But in general, this is my best week of the fantasy season. Uh, the person I made my trades with last week, which I was inappropriately slandered for, um, I'm beating by 100 points right now. And I have pretty comfortable leads over Jace and in my other matchup. So this is potentially my first 4-0 week of the year. And, so, I'm, so, and I'm such a hunk, and I have big muscles. And I'm oh, yeah, look at this. a great guy. Wait, 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 wait. So, wait, so Kyle, you got to have the week I was talking about, but from with against our very own... Avery Rosen and Jace Rosen. So, oh, well, first of all, first, first of all, Jace here. And second of all, uh, week's not over yet, Kyle. Um, fortunately, I've had to use, I didn't use a single pickup all week. So now I can kind of just stock up on the man games here, make a late day push. But, you know, season, uh, so the week's not over yet. And there's still plenty of games to be played, plenty of action. I think I still got 10 more man games today, Kyle. So, wouldn't be just jumping to conclusions here and saying that you're winning. So, well, 100% uh, band games are super important. I was confused why you didn't make pickups during the week because that's what, honestly that's what's going to win me this week. I picked up Rene day one, got me a 22 point shutout, and now I'm up 45 points. So, well, that no, 22 what, point buffer is huge. What he what helped you a lot actually was Austin Matthews and Connor Garland both being out yesterday forcing me to bench people that would have had points so that would have helped that helped you a lot and you know what the the pickups throughout the week they were they were on me I thought I was actually not I think I was actually not even doing that bad like I had a lot of points throughout the week even without making any pickups and I was having goalie starts it wasn't really until I guess well I mean obviously today but I had some guys get injured and kind of cleared up some more flexibility within the roster. So I was able to do more things and 
Drieger losing some of his starts kind of hurt me a little bit, but week's not over. Week's not over. Week is not over. The week is for the listeners. Jace is speaking right now. For the listeners, Jace is speaking coming during a Sunday morning. So he sounds calm and collective, but we are running out of time. I do want to add that. Okay, it's not early in the week. I respect the high conviction from Jace. But I do think that the listeners should hear this. It's Sunday morning. There's not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, there's still plenty of opportunities today with the games. And if I beat I'm Kyle, then I can potentially have a 5-0 week. So All I'm going to say <laughs> is that it's super frustrating when you have the second most points in the league, like yourself, and you're still realistically going to lose. But it's... But it's fantasy hockey, right? Fantasy well, you make hockey. bad trades, Kyle. You make bad trades. Sometimes you'll have, you'll be first place. You know, there's people that are first in a league in points four, but they end up three and three after week six. It's, it's... I, I feel personally attacked right now. I really do. The Avery first in the league by like 100 points. Three and three. It's okay. I believe in the team long term. We don't hit first place. It's not the end of the world. It's about the playoffs. And- it's a week-by-week week league. It's a week-by-week week league. Week week. Week week. Week. It's, it's not about the end. It's not Steve, about the end. We've got a big matchup in that league next week, actually. And uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm willing to put some money on the board if you're interested. Oh, oh, we are getting interesting now, are we? Okay, let me, let's, let's get through this episode. And by the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what the wager is going to be, okay? We'll talk. Yeah, we'll yeah. Talk. yeah. Let's get through the content. Let's get, let's get into this. Yeah. Speaking of money, Steven's been on a heater lately. So I uh, I gave him a shout yesterday and I said, let's just make a bunch of parlays and let's just be kind of degenerates tonight. Like we were, I was bored. It was Saturday and I was like, let's, let's get something done. So we think, I think we made like four or five parlays. We hit, we hit <laughs> one of them. We hit one of them. Um, so we, we started with Maple Leafs, Panthers, LA Kings, Arizona. That one didn't turn out well. The one that did win, actually, Mitch Marner, anytime goal scorer, St. Louis Blues money line, Jets money line, and the under five and a half in Columbus and uh, Nashville. So that hit, that kind of saved us. Um, but me and Steve, we're sitting there, we made, we're like, you want to make one more? You want to make one more? So we decided to do a full parlay of just shot prop bets. So we're going through it. And we're going, okay, you know what? We're going to add one more person. So I, we went with Dustin Brown right over three shots. Everyone was over three shots. Dustin Brown over three. Ryan O'Reilly. What was, the, what was the, the quote you gave me? It's too, life's too short. Life's to, too short to bet the under. Life's too yes. short to take the under. It's, it's, who wants to do that? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, go on. <laughs> Dustin Brown over three. Over, or two and a half, sorry. Ryan O'Reilly over two and a half. Kubalik over two and a half. Aaron Eckblad over two and a half. Tavares over two and a half. And then Steven added Raquel over two and a half as well, just to make his a bit more interesting. <laughs> he likes Raquel. I was like, honestly, I can't do it. You're back on Raquel because of your trade. And I don't want <laughs> to get on board that. Hey, you Raquel thought was a good bet- night. You thought, I was, you thought I was betting on emotion, and I can respect that. I, I kind of was a little bit. Yes. But but yes, you, you know had a five-liner. I had a six-liner. Every single one of those players over two and a half. Brown, Kubelik, Ekblad, Tavares, Raquel. And who was the last one? Uh, you say Dustin Brown? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I cover them all. Anyways, go on. Let the yeah. let the listeners know what happened. So, I was putting, I put like ten bucks. I ended up putting fourteen just to make it like it was a weird number because I wanted to get to like what a certain number in my bankroll. Um, 
but Steven, I don't know if he meant to put 10 bucks or 20 bucks. I don't know what happened, but he ended up putting $110 on a, six, on a six line shot bet prop bet parlay. And, and he had the chance to win 3.7K. But he's as soon as he hit it, he goes, oh, no. It was similar to Jace last week. We're, we're sitting there trying to record. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, what? What'd you do? He's like, I just put $110 down. I was like, oh my god! I was like, so we just started dying on the phone together. I was like, what's okay? The I, I I do need to preface that because there's something that happens on Bet Three Six Five. I don't know. I've done it a couple times, and it's me. It's got to be me. I put twenty dollars down, and I like, I don't know. It somehow puts separate bets on each individual line. And anyways, I don't know what's going on. I sound like a really bad better. <laughs> No, it, you, you've actually been on a tear lately, so that's why you've been uh, kind of been being a bit more risky, I guess. But still, you would never do that normally, obviously, too. Um, but Dustin Brown, over three shots, hit. Or oh, sorry, over two and a half, hit. Ryan O'Reilly, over two and a half, hit. Kubalik, over two and a half, hit. John Tavares, over two and a half, hit. Raquel, over two and a half, hit. So obviously Aaron Ekblad and that game went to overtime is the only he had one two shots midway through the second period. He had two shots midway through the second period. And oh. he get it done the whole back half of the game. And obviously I was, I would have won close to 500. Steven would have won close to like, I think like four over four K if that one hit. And obviously that's just how fantasy hockey and life in general goes sometimes, but that's, that's, you know, he shoots the puck a lot. I was happy with the pick. I was happy with all of them. I was going to say, hockey is tough to bet on. I liked all of those picks. They all shoot the puck a lot. Ekblad, for a defenseman, shoots an insane amount. He gets a lot of goals. <sighs> That's just tough. <laughs> I can hear the disappointment. It's just in the cider. Um, and I feel it because Stephen was literally rage texting me last night. Aaron Ekblad, Aaron Ekblad. I can't. I never shoot. I honestly, I was debating on sending a trade offer to Steve just to see if you would value him lower afterwards. He's been great for me fantasy. He's been know, great for me all year. We talked about him last week and how much you had value for him. So, um, I didn't. I didn't end up doing it, and obviously, but that's 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 what happens. That's what happens. We were close. Don't bet one hundred and ten dollars on six line shot parlays. Don't do that unless you have the money. You want to do it? Obviously, it's your choice. What would you know? You normally you're betting what 10 20 bucks there, right? Yeah, I'm betting. You know what we were talking about yesterday. I'm a fan of you know three or four parlays and lowering the amount on each, picking one or two winners that you're very like high conviction. I know this is basketball, but yesterday I was a fan of the Denver Nuggets and I would have been okay throwing that or sprinkling that in a couple different parlays. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the point of parlays is to hit it big, but if you can start statistically evening out with the winner, a couple high conviction picks yesterday, you know, we did hit that one parlay and then gave the, ourselves the opportunities to hit a bunch of other ones. You can't go. I mean, I was feeling a little reckless on a Saturday night and left a hundred dollars in, but you can't be betting a lot on parlays or else you're just going to run out of your bankroll really quick. It's not sustainable. The odds are not in your favor. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. No, and like honestly, you've been on a heater lately, so that's why I called you. I just wanted to ride. I was I was a rider last night. Absolutely. We'll um, start posting some more of the maybe um, the parlay bets on Twitter and whatnot too, just to yeah, we'll post get it out there. Post a few more for the listeners and the, and the followers on Insta and Twitter. 
Um, and let's make one. We'll make one later on the show here. We'll give maybe one or two. Maybe we'll do another shot parlay. We were close. We were close. As a gambling addict would say, too close to not bet again. <laughs> we're this close. We're this close. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on here. Um, so last week we uh, we decided to rip Kyle's trade apart with one of the person, one of the other guys in our league. Um, and it really actually isn't that bad a trade. But we're going to put him on the, on the stand here. We're going to go into Kyle's courtroom. Uh, Nortley, he's the one who is owner of the courtroom, but today he is on trial. Uh, we got Judge Jace uh, hearing the trial. Um, highest Judge Jace, obviously the highest earning TV judge in, in uh, TV history here. Uh, very prestigious man. Um, without further ado, let's, uh, let's get to it here. The defendant, Kyle Kagan, is in trial for fantasy trades against humanity. Hello. I would say your honor, but I feel like this judge is very biased after slandering my name last week. No Great honor. Start. Great start. The honorable start. jury, who I do have a lot of respect for, which is the listener, who will see where I'm coming from. Uh, I'd first like to say, I am a genius. Matthew Kachuk, eighth-ranked fantasy player this week. Quinn Hughes, not in the top 50 in terms of players. Really, Kachuk blew him out of the water. But I'd actually just like to slow down and say, these guys have the gall to talk about a Carlson for Barzell trade for 10 minutes and don't mention two first-round picks that I traded for each other last week. And <laughs> Marshawn and Petrangelo, who I received, for Mitch Marner. So first I'd like to talk about that trade a bit because I definitely won this trade for the following reasons. Number one, it, it always hurts to lose someone on your favorite team. It hurts to lose Marner. But the good news is I had him in two other team, in, on two other teams. Two weeks ago, you overcall Steven saying that sometimes both sides can win a trade where one side gets a slightly better player, which honestly I think Marner is but the other side gains depth. I, my team had five droppable players. It's a pretty deep league. My team hasn't been performing. So I needed depth and I needed depth on, the, on, the, on my defense because I just traded Quinn Hughes. <laughs> so I was able to trade Marner for Marchand, who honestly, there's not much of a difference between them. People go, oh, Marner's so much better because he plays with Matthews. Look at, Marchand, look at Marchand's teammates. He plays with the best line in hockey. plays with pass and Bergeron. So you can't use that argument against me. If you look at the players' histories, Marshawn is definitely a better player. And Marshawn is a top fantasy player this year playing most of the season without Pasternak. And they've really clicked as a line lately. So I think I definitely, my team definitely gets better in that trade. It obviously hurts losing Marner, but big Marshawn guy. Okay? So I'll take the arguments on that first before I really get into good job. <laughs> yeah, I'm the back guy in the courtroom just watching there because I somehow stumbled into a courtroom. I might, might even just be some, you know, there's nothing to do with it. All I'm going to say is if I'm sitting in our courtroom, I'm thinking the pros prosecution's got a hell of a job ahead of them. <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was fantastic. Can I, Jason, you're, honest, you're, but, like, you're not on, you're not on trial for this trade. I didn't think it was, this trade was bad. I didn't, I didn't think, I think it, like you gave up Marner. It's tough. Like you said, you're, you're giving someone up on your own team, but you got like, you dropped you, who was the other deal? Texier. Yeah. But that's just the throw drop a player. Exactly. So I viewed it as Marner for, for Marsh, John and Petrangelo. And I had, I had no issues with that. And Petrangelo had himself a week too this week. 
Yeah, um, I'm not a huge Petro guy. Jason's not big on Petro. I I believe in Petro too. I just think he hasn't had the time really to gel. He has like he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't had as many points as you probably want from how high he hasn't been fantastic. Like, but look at look at this production from a D man. Okay, in the last. In his last one, uh, two, four, six, eight games, he's had at least two shots with three in at least six of the eight games and four and two. He has one block shot every single game the last eight games, at least three more than half the time. So he's always going to give you a baseline yeah. in, in stats. And that's what you I want agree. from your demon. I agree. Plus, he gets 26 minutes a night. Like, the guy doesn't go off the ice. So the puck's going to trickle in after he touches it. Like, it did last game. He had two points. Like, I love Petro as a D-man in general. He's obviously not as good as a fantasy D-man as he is an NHL D-man, but he's always going to be a solid player on your team. And that's exactly what I needed out of my D-man. I see him as, like, a comparable right now, similar to a Shea Weber, 26 minutes a game, maybe not the number one offensive defenseman on the team right now, long history of a baseline, can put up points when the opportunity given. You're pretty safe with a Petro or a Weber or I don't know of another example now, but that's kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with that much amount of time, you're going to get that floor, a pretty high floor at least. Yeah. I, I think it's a steady floor. And, and I, that trade is, comp- there's no fine. Like Petrangelo makes up for the difference. Even if there is a difference, like Marner has more value right now, right? Like, cause of just what's been going on. He's been excellent. He's top five in points. Top three. Right now, actually, yeah. um, playing in a Canadian division that like you're not as worried about with COVID, that, that every night seems to be a different storyline. Um, but but Marshawn is every night he's also on the score sheet, right? As long as those guys are playing, he's arguably the best line in hockey. So mm-hmm. there's no issue. Like Marner Marshawn is apples to oranges to me, and Petro more than makes up for that difference. But in uh, one thing, I yes. think a lot of people do in fantasy is they look at their current value like oh this player's doing this right now who cares that's what they did in the past you try to project them out for the rest of the year mm-hmm. which i feel I mean, like oh he, he has more value now but if you project them out for the year it just like when i look at a trade i'm like is this sustainable i look at expert rankings i look at advanced stats i say okay sure he's been playing amazingly or he's been in a slump but if i if i really project him out over the year how is this going to look instead? Because people have such a recency bias when they look at fantasy hockey and they look at their team and they think my players are the best because they have such a bias. You have to try to really take an objective look at all of your trades. Look, it hurts. I hate Kachuk. I hate that guy. <laughs> but <laughs> I think he's a good fantasy player. I'm still not cheering for him when, when he's playing the Leafs. Okay, so let's with that mentality, let's get into the trade where I actually yeah. wanted to put you on trial for. Okay, like like Matt Kachuk for Quinn Hughes. Okay. Um, like you like you're saying, you're getting a good player, a guy who's engaged every night. He's always some around the game, right? He, even if he's not on the score sheet, he's involved. And the reason why I didn't think it was that great a trade, and I said this last week, if we made if you made that trade at the beginning of the season, I don't think anyone's really questioning it. But Quinn Hughes, I know he had a bad week. They only played twice though. Like he's arguably, he's a top five D for me right now. And I don't think that's changing anytime this year. And I don't think Matt Kachuk is, is in that top tier of forwards. So I know forwards are more valuable for me in defensemen, 
but defensemen right now, like you, like I was saying this last week, like you go on the waiver wire and there's, there's no replacements for, for a Quinn Hughes. Like there just isn't right. So I don't think you got a top tier enough forward to make it worth giving up Quinn Hughes just for that. Even, and, and you got Matthew Kachuk at a time where you could have bought low, in my opinion, too. I don't think you sold high on Quinn Hughes. Okay. So I think this is another major mistake people make in fantasy trading. They're like, this guy's value for a defenseman. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this guy's value for a defenseman is higher than this guy's value for a forward. I'm not sitting Quinn Hughes for the rest of the year. I'm not sitting Kachuk. I don't have to c- compare forward versus D-man. I had an extra D-man on my team. So it's not uh, like he's using a bench slot. I think the number of points my team is scoring over the season increases with this trade. And you're, when they look at standings at the end of the year, no one's like, oh, but Kyle's defense had more points than my defense. It's no, Kyle's team has more points than my team. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the league settings, it really helps Kachuk. Because number one, assists are worth two-thirds of a goal, mm-hmm. Okay. So Hughes gets a ton of assists. He has 19 assists in 24 games this year. He has two goals. So those 19 assists do get spread out and they're not as valuable as they would be in a categories league. Also, the league that we're in, power play points is worth half as it is in a normal league. So even though he's amazing on the power play, that power play production is not worth as much. League settings matter so much when you look into a trade, okay? And then you also look at expert rankings. Don Lachism who is an incredibly smart person at The Athletic. I always use his rank- rankings for rest of season rankings. Use Check out ours for be- beginning of season rankings, fantasyhockeynetwork.com. But for the rest of season rankings, I always look for Don Lachizan. And he has Kachuk. And with our league settings as a top 25 player, he has Hughes in the 60s. And the reason is, if you look at the league settings, they really help Kachuk. Because with him being in and around the net, he gets so many dirty goals. If you look at Kachuk's, last three seasons he has 24 goals in 68 games 34 goals in 80 games 23 goals in a very nice 69 games Kachuk puts the puck in the back of the net almost every other night okay yeah that adds up to so many points so many points for my team and that more than makes up for the Hughes assists on the power play which are diluted and I think this is about as high as Hughes will go. Like he's not going to, his ceiling doesn't get higher than this. And Kachuk's ceiling gets much higher as you saw this week with him going off. So I think the slander against my name is unwarranted and I'm willing to defend this trade every day. I'm doubling down. I agree with Kyle. I'm doubling down from the back of the courtroom. I'm jumping up and I'm cheering after that because Last week, we all get on him last week, Steven. Order in the court. Order in the court. Order in the court. I think order in the court. Order in the court. Look, I, I, I'll just be quick. I, I, as, as the defense side, I think that Kyle makes a really good point in terms of league settings. But what he said about not wasting a bench spot and whether a forward or defense is there because he likes what this on the rest of the team, that was the same thing as me. I had five defensemen I liked, so I was okay to trade. Barzell for Carlson. I don't think Carlson's going to have an over point per game year like last year. I think he's not going to have a higher ceiling. Overall, who's going to put up more points at the end of the year? The forward. I agree. I think that's Carlson, a fair, sound argument. Carlson has more points since that trade than Matt Barzell. Just 
But we'll see at the end of the season, right? We'll see at the end of the order season. Order in the court. Order in the court. It's true. It's true. Order in the court. Order in the court, though. Also, I, Steve, I, if I hear one more, if I hear one more outburst like that, I'm kicking you off. I don't. This is my court now. All right, <laughs> Judge. Remember, Jake. I said unjon- unhonorable judge. This is what that. You comes didn't say from. unhonorable. You just said you just withheld the honor. Which, by yeah, the way, you, no you lost honor. a lot of you lost a lot of points from that in your argument. And what I'll say the news is the what jury I will is say, the listener. What I will say is that one, I don't dislike the trade. I like the player you got back. I like it. Two, you could have got I more. Think, I think there's a quote. You talked you about the trade last. You week. talked about you talked about recency bias being huge for fantasy hockey. Well, if that's the case, why don't you leverage that? Because I guarantee you, you could have got more from that individual had you asked for more. I'm not sure. If you look at his team. I think it, you could have. I think you could have got it from other off. people on the league. You could have gotten more. That's what I was going to say. Like I'm very high that. on Kachuk, though. I'm high on Kachuk, though. Name other players in the league you think I could have gotten, and I'll tell you whether I would have had Dumber Kachuk. It's, it's similar to what I would, you know, I could have gotten, depending on the person I'm trading with, depending on the situation of their matchup, depending on what their team looks like, depending on the league settings, you could get more for Quinn Hughes, or you couldn't. I could have gone more for Matt Barzell, for John Carlson, or I couldn't. But the trade makes the teams better. It doesn't matter who else we could have gotten because there's a chance that we don't, and we miss the opportunity for a Kachuk or a Barzell. It, exactly. And remember, remember last week when Avery was saying, it's my pet peeve when people talk about our trades with other people? <laughs> like I'm not gonna go around with a potential trade and then message everyone in the league, hey, I'm thinking of trading this guy. Because one, that would piss me off if I'm trading for me, and I wouldn't want to trade with me in the future. Two, that's just not what someone does. When you're going back and forth with trade negotiations, my pet sending- peeve, sorry, just to cut you off. My pet peeve was posting it in a big group chat. Like I don't care if you go individually and message people asking if like I'm looking to trade this guy. That's that's what GMs do. Because it would influence the group, right? If you put it yeah. in a group chat, people start knowing and they understand your agenda, right? Like, that's why you don't like it in the group chat? I just don't, yeah. I don't feel the need to know, oh, I'm looking to move this guy. Oh, he's, he's looking to get rid of this guy. It just kind of takes the value maybe away from it a bit. And I don't, I like, I like operating as a, as a stealth silent assassin. I don't want people knowing what's up, which is, I guess, pretty contradictory to starting a podcast and giving away all your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that's how I like to operate. I would have gone for Huberto, Kyle, Patches. I, I think, yes. Guys, I, like, I just think you could have gotten more. I really do. Matt Kachuk, to me, at a time, he's got 16 points in 22 games, I think, now, even last week. And he had a big week, right? So last week was a time where, like, he was getting dogged in the media. Uh, recency bias was saying, oh, this guy's been underperforming. I could have probably gotten him for less than, def- than the number one D-man in fantasy right now. That's all I'm saying. I do think you got a good player. I think those points aren't going to be, it's not going to be terribly lopsided, but getting points from your back end is important right now. It, it does matter. And I just think you could have gotten more. That's it. I, okay, again, I don't understand. Okay. First of all, I'd rather have Kachuk than both of those. I know Hubert is a hot take, but Forsberg definitely isn't. Patches. Um, I'd rather have Kachuk than Patches. I don't know if I'd rather see, have Kachuk. See, 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 this, is, this is semantics because it really... Yeah. Any of those players could end up having the best season, right? Like the, the thought in Kyle's head was he wanted a forward that he thinks is good 
and he's training one of his better defensemen to have that done. Yes, Huberdeau, at this moment in time, could be someone that you're getting more value currently. But really, it's like Marner Marchand. Who is – can we guarantee Marner's going to have a better rest of the season? No. Like, it's so – it's inches right there. And if if Kyle likes Kachuk relative to Huberdeau because Kachuk already had his, you know, slump of the season, he actually has already gone that out of the way. I just think you could have gotten Kachuk without giving up Quinn Hughes, though. If you look sure. at my team, Here's though, the thing. Fun. All right, all right. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've been talking about this for too long. So <laughs> – I'm just going to say, as Judge Gates... The judge Gase, gets the final call. As no, Judge Gates... The judge, judge is the Kyle, prosecutor. This is Kyle, not a real court. You're right, it's not. But it's my court now. So, <laughs> you know, it's my court for the record. It's my court. I, you're on trial for this one, so it's my court. Either way, we're moving on. Kyle's guilty. But we're moving on, and let's move on. <laughs> wait, no, wait, guys. Everyone, listeners, tweet at us. Let us know at Fantasy Hockey Network who won the trade. Or if not, who won the trade, but if is Kyle... Okay, in this trade is maybe what you should be talking about here. Is he guilty or is he not guilty? Either way, there's plenty of other things that we need to talk about. So let's move on. Okay, news time. Let's run through it. Uh, Tarasenko back skating with Shen and who was it, Perron? Um, That's what I saw. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, Shen and Perron on the line, and Craig Brube saying he's going to be skate playing sometime in the up, up game, upcoming. Uh, six game road trips. So for those who have patiently waited, it's happening. He's back, and hopefully he's going to be back and better than ever, baby. So Tarasenko, keep an eye out. We'll post you. We'll keep you posted on that too. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. If we get thirty games of Tarasenko, how many goals do you think he'll score? Like, what do you think he's doing fantasy wise for the rest of the year? How, how many goals do you think he'll put up? Sounds sounds underwhelming. But I just I'm putting it into math. 41 goals over 82 games. I don't think he's doing that anymore. So over 30 games, that'd be 15. I'm looking at like 10 or 11. I was gonna say 10 plus. You have to think that there's a bit of a uh, learning curve. He hasn't played in a while, so he'll have some rust. Uh, and he is coming off a pretty, you know, pretty big injury, like a long surgery, like a long recovery. Um, so, I, like I, I guess. I'm wondering if there is any kind of doubt on Vladimir Tarasenko right now. I don't think you should ever drop him if you have him. I think he's going to be a boost to your team, but I'm wondering what kind of boost is he going to provide? Like how many points do you Who do you drop him? for him? If you've no, waited this long, you're, you're not taking, dropping. Yeah. No, right? I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm saying you're not going to drop him. But I'm saying what kind of fantasy, like how many points do we think he's going to get in this last 35-game stretch? It is important to think about, right? Because you're going to have to drop someone to bring him on. And usually you've got a player or two, but in some leagues you don't sometimes. And it's been a long way off. Yeah. He's gonna, think, it's not like Pashinov coming off the IR, that's for sure. It's not – I can't remember the last time Tarasenko played. The last time I looked at Daily Faceoff and he was on the St. Louis lineup. He played 10 games in 2019-2020. Yeah. So he hasn't really played any semblance of hockey since last October. He's so going to put up numbers. He's going to be a boost to your team. I think I think expectations got to be tempered, and that's it. What I, else is going on? I think you can expect anywhere from 25 points to, to, to a point-per-game player, in all honesty, because I think he's going to – like, he's already skating with Shannon Perron, so he's going to be on a good line. 
I see him being on the first power play. He shoots a ton. I, I, I think he's going to maybe – it might take him a bit, but, like, Tarasenko's a good player, man. Like, like it's, it might be a little rust, but I think he's going to be productive. No issues there. Okay, moving on. Uh, Tubo Teravainen. Guy can't catch a break right now. It seems like he was on the COVID list, battling that for a while. Back comes back, starting to play some good hockey, and obviously he gets a concussion. Um, we'll keep you posted. We don't really know how long, how long he's going to be out for, but he's missed the past few games here, and um, not really sure when he's going to be returning, but we'll keep you posted there. Austin Matthews dealing with a bit of a wrist injury. Um, he was a game-time decision. Not a game-time. He was supposed to be a game-time decision. They called him out earlier in the day. Um, I don't think it's going to be too serious. It seemed more precautionary yesterday. They've been doing well, so keep an eye out with him. I wouldn't be shocked if he's back in the lineup next game. Um, Leafs did get Jack Campbell back, though. Their backup goalie had a great game yesterday, put up a shutout. Um, not really sure when Fred Anderson is going to be back. Um, for people who own Fred Anderson and, and fantasy hockey, I think you should definitely go out and get Jack Campbell as well. If he's available on your wire, that's, I think that's a great tandem to run. Um, I think Campbell's going to get a bunch more starts down the stretch here just to give Anderson a bit of a breather. Um, so that's something I would definitely keep an eye on. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, another guy who can't really catch a break right now as well. Uh, he's out with an upper body injury. Not sure how long, but we'll keep you tuned there. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, he's getting the start today. So good for him. It's nice to see him finally back. I'm not sure what, you know, obviously he had COVID and we don't know how bad it was, but he was had a conditioning extent. Um, getting the start today against Jersey, and hopefully he has a good one. Um, as, as a VTech Vanacek owner, it does scare me a bit, but I still think VTech's going to get his start. They're going to slow him, slowly ease Samsonov back in there, but we'll see. Uh, Linus Olmark, another guy who had a bad injury this week. He looks like he's going to be out a month. Um, Carter Hutton's gonna, probably going to get a lot of volume there, but as a fantasy option, no, I don't, I don't see the, the, the value there personally. Oh, um, Buffalo is a train wreck, but it, we'll, just, we'll it, come back to, we'll come back to that. But wow. It's a, it's a bit of a tire fire. It's not a safe option really any given night. So I would, I would stay away if you're desperate, right? You have to, you have to, but Carter Hutton's not really appealing to me right now. Um, Jakob Markstrom, he's been battling a, uh, an injury. Hopefully he's back as he could be back as, as soon as Monday. Um, Calgary could definitely use him back. Uh, Thomas Hurdle at the COVID list. That's going to be two weeks. Darcy Kemper, he missed the following two starts for uh, for Arizona, but it's apparently just lower or a minor lower body injury. So hopefully he's not back too long, or he's back I, uh, sooner than can later. Can I comment on Can I comment on Kemper real quick? Sorry to cut you off there, Ace. Yeah. The no, I was Sorry, actually I was off. actually going to say maybe the same comment you're going to say here. This. So it's a little bit of a relief on Kemper. I've been a Kemper owner the last two seasons. And it's awesome when you get a goalie that you can snag late in a fantasy draft. And he is just an amazing goaltender fantasy-wise. Like, they don't get scored on a lot, the Coyotes. They do – like, Kemper's been fantastic, but last year went down with a long-term injury. Glad to see that it just looks like it's going to be short-term this time around. Mm-hmm. That's, what you, that's what you were saying to me yesterday, right? Kemper, like, he starts off so well, and then he always gets that nagging injury, and you just hope it doesn't drag on too long here. Um, Artemi Panarin, like very weird situation there. Not sure exactly what's going on. Um, he stepped away from the team this week for personal reasons, and we just hope he's back as soon as possible. And everything that's going on there is, I don't know, just a little fishy and stuff we're not going to really get into. But but hopefully everything's okay with him, and and he's back playing hockey soon. Um, last thing before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, Claude Julian. 
like I was pretty shocked when I saw my notification. I forget. I think it was a Wednesday, whatever day it was. Um, and Claude Julian has been fired from the Montreal Canadiens with um, uh, Kirk Muller as well. Um, guys, what do you think about Mon- Montreal going forward here? And what fantasy impact does this have? I don't think there's any immediate impact we can draw upon. I think that we should definitely keep an eye on Montreal because they were running their top nine really consistently. There was no number one line. And that might be due to them just not having a superstar. They don't have their Matthews, McDavid, Eichel, Crosby, whatever. So they might not have the player to run that much, but you never know. They might give Suzuki the chance, they might give Gallagher the chance to play those 22, 23 minutes a game and really have an opportunity to break out. Uh, also, he put that Deneau, Tatar, Gallagher line back together, which I think was has been incredible for them the last couple of years. So I would definitely keep an eye out for them especially Tatar since he's on the uh, waiver wire in a bunch of leagues and, and enough. Keep an eye out for them. It might not be a blip, but they have consistently put up points in the past. So you might want to watch out there. I think when they were showing it the other night on, on television, their top line, like quote unquote, their top line averaged out 16 and a half minutes and their fourth line averaged up nearly 12 minutes. Like that is so tight between the four lines, let alone the top nine. Like, it will be interesting, right? Anytime a player gets another two, three minutes, including maybe more power play time, depending on the way line shuffle, could be interesting. Interesting. Anderson's also been out a couple of days, so it'll be, it'll be um, interesting to see how the lines go back together when he comes back, too, because he's been scoring a lot for them. Listen, I, I think this team goes as Carey Price goes, right? And Carey Price, he's been bad right now, so if – if things get better with him, I think the goals are going to come too. That's kind of how I think this team operates right now. Um, honestly, they've just been going through a power play slump. Like their power play has been atrocious. Five on five, I think they're the top team in the league right now, to be honest. But their power play has been absolutely horrendous. And that's what's been sinking their ship. Yeah, you're not wrong. Their power play has been, it's been bad lately, right? And if that gets going again, like it was firing at the beginning of the year. So if that gets going, maybe they start to pick it up. Um, but Carey Price has been bad, dude. I, like, I know their power play has been bad, but Carey Price has been bad. <laughs> like, like Jake Allen has arguably been better than, than Carey Price. So he needs to pick it up. That's the only way I think this team gets better. Like, like they're a deep team. They, they lack center depth. That's what I said right from the very get-go. I do think they're a good team still. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but they just, they need to, they, Carey Price needs to be better. Carey Price needs to be better. And the rest of that team, I think, will follow suit. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think, like, it's very, very intriguing that they fired their coach and they're, you know, they're it doesn't you don't. It's not often when a, a above five hundred team is, you know, they fire their coach. So something had to give, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens going forward. So uh, I think I mentioned off the top, like Steve has been on a heater lately like every night we in our group chat obviously it's at like 2 30 in the morning so me and jace are passed out and kyle and steven are the only ones up but he's posting his parlay pictures and he's he seems to be hitting each one so or maybe we're not seeing the other ones um but um so steven i want you to actually make up make let's make parlays let's make a few parlays on the show right here and okay. i'm i'm a rider i'll ride with you i think kyle's willing and i think jace is willing to put some money down too so let's uh what are you thinking for today? And let's okay. do a couple. Let's do another shot one like we did yesterday and just like a normal one. Cool. Cool. Okay. Let's, let's see what's on the docket today. So taking a look at the NHL lines. 
I uh, I don't I don't discriminate between money line spreads over unders whatever I think is I like I'll, I'll preface this with statistically that is where I make I I'm not choosing a lot of underdog I mean underdogs but I'm parlaying a lot so mm-hmm. I'm trying to pick statistically what I think is your highest chance of winning get the growth from the parlay aspect okay looking at today I I don't think Nashville and Columbus are someone that are two teams that I like betting on. Nashville's a better team than what they've played and what they've indicated. Plus, they've let in a lot of goals, but their defense core and their goaltending is actually pretty good. I'm going to stay away from that game. Buffalo and Philly. I'm always a proponent of going over in, in, in situations that are a mess. Your lines are all screwed up, so you're not having your systems in place. I like the over on Philly and Buffalo. Um, that's you. my first my first selection. Okay. I'm liking Chicago money line over Detroit. Um, Detroit beat Chicago last night. It's you, the NHL. What do you think Teams about the Chicago puck line? I just again, I don't think Chicago is a strong enough team that I'm comfortable taking the the minus one and a half i like chicago as a team that's not going to lose two in a row to the detroit red wings but i'm not i'm not overly confident there but that's how i look at it right if you're making a parlay you might as well just keep it on the statistically safer side and then try and get more money through combining all the exactly multiplier yeah the, the growth the growth is coming from the parlay rather than the odds on the individual bets mm-hmm. right so i like so far over in the Philly Buffalo, Detroit Chicago. I like Chicago money line, and then I uh, just looking here. Like I, I again, I don't like the Islanders Penguins games. Those ones I find a little bit tough to read. Um, we're sticking away for Boston and New York. That's already started. The last thing we're looking at here is New Jersey and Washington. Mm-hmm. They've got Washington as the favorite, but what I like about this game is the over-unders even. You get that push factor. On an even of six, I'm comfortable taking the underdog for the extra payout. I'm comfortable going under six. Like, we can get up to six goals and still push on an under. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, New Jersey doesn't score a ton of goals. The reason why Blackwood's really good and why New Jersey's played well is because Blackwood keeps some low-scoring games and Mm -hmm. in the games. I think it's Dell and Samsonov today, though. I'm not no. sure. Blackwood. It's uh, Blackwood is starting. Oh, He's Blackwood starting starting? again. Yep. Okay. I, I, you know what? I like that. I, li- I, I, you know, I like the even over-unders. You don't get them a lot in hockey. Like I said, I'll take the underdog in there for a little extra juice. So I think what the logic was behind Blackwood starting is that Lindy Ruff saw Linus Olmark uh, start the back-to-back and had a phenomenal performance on the second half of that back-to-back like he had a 40 sure. save win something like that and he figured that you know the discrepancy between Blackwood and Allmark isn't that big and that uh, it might be an interesting play for them if Blackwood could start back-to-back and he didn't have the best game yesterday but he didn't face a ton of volume so they figured you know we can get him in another game if he's in our crease he's obviously always giving us the best chance of winning. So Blackwood yeah. goes in for the second half as well. Either, Either way, way, I'm comfortable with that under. 
to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. Okay. I'm trusting you. Like I, 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 I do think there's value considering the parity in the NHL and the fact that you don't get a lot of even over and odds. You get a lot of point fives when you get a chance to, to utilize one that you think is pretty attractive looking. I say go for it. That push factor. A lot of people think of a push as a negative, and I know a lot of people don't. They're like, oh, I didn't lose my bet. But they don't like the chance of losing some of their odds. You're playing against a system where the odds are not in your favor. If you don't take conservative hedges, you're going to run out of your bankroll pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get frustrated. So when you can, take an even over or under. Use that push as a hedge. That's what I got, boys. Okay, so we're just running through it. Oh, you got over five and a half, Buffalo Philly, taking the Chicago money line, and then under six in the Devils and Washington game. I'll place that bet every day of the week. Any day of the week. Okay, I like it. Now, we could look at uh, another shot parlay if you guys are interested in doing that. Yeah, let's do a shot one. They're fun. They're fun. And it it shows off the degenerate in us. Yeah, I mean, we haven't dived into this side of things too much, but the way that, you know, Avery and I did it last night and how I've done it in the past is literally just looking at the shooting overs in every game that's going on. And obviously the way you're just going to pick who you think is the best chance. You're not going for a juicy odds here. You're looking at one of the best players from each team shoots the puck and using that as the parlay. So I'm looking at Columbus and Nashville Cam Atkinson, minus 150, over two and a half. He's putting, he's been scoring a ton. I like that. Moving on to Philly and Buffalo. You know, I don't like Claude Giroux. He doesn't always shoot the puck. Um, you know, looking, did, did we get confirmation in front of uh, Eichel's playing today? He's not, right? I'm not sure if it's been announced yet. I saw David yeah, this morning. Don't know just yet. Yeah, doesn't look like decision. it. It doesn't look like it. I consider. I don't know. Or, I mean, maybe we just haven't heard yet. But that being said, even if he is playing, I like Taylor Hall here. I was gonna say I like Taylor Hall. I think that's easy money right there. Yeah, I think Taylor, especially if Ike was not playing, maybe he gets a little bit more ice. Taylor Hall starts. Taylor Hall starts thinking he's the superstar again. Take some shots. I like Taylor Hall there. There's only the one thing he is doing right now. It's getting shots on goal. It is. It is, right? And he's, he's still really good. He'll shoot the puck. Uh, Washington, New Jersey. I think we know where we're going to go here. Where are we going to go? Just out of curiosity. I was just going to look at Vetskins at <laughs> over three and a half. I am looking I'm... at Kyle Palmieri at over two and a half. Oh, that's where we, we all knew we were going to go with Kyle Palmieri at the start. No, I was looking, no, I wanted to go Ovechkin. I wanted to go Ovechkin. That's what I was implying. And then I saw the three and a half and that kind of worried me a little bit. I was talking about Ovi, but what do you guys think of Kyle Palmieri? Pretty good odds. I, so I went, I went there yesterday. I went over two and a half for Jack Hughes yesterday and he hit it. And he's actually been shooting the puck a ton lately. So just look at the past few games. And maybe that scares you. Maybe it doesn't. But I, I they, he's been shot at a cannon lately, and I think he's just he's been shooting it more. You know what? And I like the odds on that. I picked exactly. him up one of my leagues. So four shots last game, eight the game before, four before that, three before that, five before that. 
playing 20 minutes a game on the power play. I yeah. like your thinking. Let's go, Jack Hughes. Better odds. Mm-hmm. I knew that this was going to happen when we when we started that. Washington, New Jersey. You I'm know who back, we were I'm thinking. I'm going back to the well. I hit it You're yesterday. Going for Jack you know who we're thinking. Cal Palmieri. <laughs> Jokes, Jack Hughes. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh, New York. I think I like uh, Jake Gensel here. You guys know what we're thinking. Or maybe what, I should go what, for bars out. What's the odds on Gino right now, actually? Gino's at minus 115. Jake Gensel minus 130. So and that's for three Gino's shots? Got, it's three over. Both of them are over two and a half. Like, I'm yeah. looking at Barzal plus 120 for over two and a half. You know, it's not a bad bet. Let's check his little shooting trends lately. Yeah, Barzal, I think he had four shots yesterday. Barzell is shooting more this year he than he has in previous seasons, but he is a little streaky. Four one one seven five two one one four one zero. So he got four uh, last game. It scares me to go back to him this game. Yeah, is this yeah, the high like, game or is this the one game? He 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 just had a high game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that he doesn't regress to the mean, or there's a chance that he does. I'm okay with avoiding that and going to like looking at Gen. Like it, it is important to think of that stuff too for the listeners. Is regress to the mean is essentially just indicating that if someone is averaging 2.4 shots a game and they've had three games in a row north of four shots, the odds are, even though the previous game doesn't affect the forward game, the odds are you are going to regress to your average. Just the law of averages. What do you exactly. think of uh, Brian Rust? Engine. <laughs> I meant for over two and a half shots, but I agree. <laughs> no, like at his numbers is he's pretty consistently shooting over three. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets lots of ice, and he's right there with the same odds around it's, Gensel. It's the same odds getting... as Gensel, and I just think he's he's more of a sure bet than Gensel right now to get those three. Gensel's kind of been is. up and down lately. With a shot, I, I just I, I like being able to go through the process. It's not like when we're making these; it's just a, like a one click and go. Yeah. Like I th- like I don't want the. I know that this is going to come out after you guys can make this bet. But what we're trying to do is show you how to break down. If you do want to get a little risky and a little degenerate, do it smart. <laughs> That's the only thing. Let's be smart and take Brian Rust here. Bet no, responsibly. You know your know how much you're willing to bet. Like that's yeah. big, right. Like that's the other thing is. Play within it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, last game on the slate. Uh, looking at Detroit and Chicago. Did we take Brian Rust there? Is that what we're taking? We t- Brian Rust, yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, do I want to try to catch fire twice? Kubalik, over two and a half at plus 100? What about uh, yesterday? What about Debrinket? What? Just out of curiosity, Debrinket. Debrinket, I, I, I like Debrinket. It's the three and a half that scares me. Yes, What's I his agree. odds? What are I get, his odds? I get the odds are plus 120. So Debrinket's plus 120 at over three and a half. Kubalik's plus 100 at over two and a half. Yeah. So pretty, like yeah. that one shot does make a huge difference. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, again, let's take a look at Kubalik games again prior to last night he hit it yesterday 
what's his variance like? Is he pretty consistent? So we talked about it yesterday, right? Hmm. Kubelik, every other game he seems to hit pretty good. 6-1, 6-2, 2-1, 4-3. He had a little bit of a run there. Mm-hmm. I am okay staying away from Kubelik. I think we stay away too. Just like, because it's back-to-back against Detroit. If you looked against, I think they had one last week too, back-to-back. He had four shots in the first game, one in the second. So, yeah. Uh, he obviously yeah. could um, get it today, but maybe we stay away. You know what? There's like... I, I know this might be a bit risky. Anthony Mantha, one shot, one shot, zero shot, one shot. Prior to that, he was pretty consistent with threes. He's got 50 shots over the season. It's negative, it's negative 120 for over two and a half, Anthony Mantha. I like that mm. better than the Brink getting Kane at over three and a half. Kubelik, if we're avoiding. I mean, there is a stutter or suitor on Chicago. Yeah, suitor, yeah. He is, yeah. He's two and a half plus 130 uh, um, I, I, I like mantha but at minus 120 like i don't know he's been in a funk lately too looking at sutter he's pretty consistent with his shot totals suitor it's been two he just settles on two yeah let's go okay um and we could always avoid the game we could do That's that true. Too. we don't have to and that's playing smart. They don't have to what, force it. What if, what if you bet on the goalies here instead of the players and you look at saves if there's an over-under there? I, I don't love to mix the tickets. <laughs> now that we've got – we're already on shots. I don't love throwing the saves. In. We you got, never we mix got alcohol. You never mix alcohol. And you never mix shot and save parlays. Look, I'll be honest, guys. I'm uh, there's something in my gut. Tony Mantha. There's something in my gut. Tony Mantha. Okay, I'll, I'm riding with you. You've been on a heater. I'll ride with you. I like you it. Want, He's a goal scorer. You want to take a ride with me? Okay. So, okay, ending it there. We're gonna go with Mantha. We're gonna play it risky because it's a nice Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Cam Atkinson over two and a half. Taylor Hall over two and a half. Jack Hughes over two and a half. Brian Rust. Over two and a half. Anthony Mantha, over two and a half. To Get return it. on $20, $357. And, you know, if you didn't hear earlier, why are we going for all overs? Because life's too short to bet the under. With that, I leave it with you, Avery. <laughs> no, you, you summed it up perfectly. Like, like what am I going to do? Sit there and, and hope people don't score and don't put the puck on the net? Who That's fun. Not. Who wants that? Can you imagine going to like an actual like live sporting, like a live NHL game and then just getting frustrated when you see your team score? <laughs> Damn. It's I bet, I bet under what? five and a half. People do that though. <laughs> People do it. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up here with Soccer Behavior Fantasy Studs of the Week and then we'll let you go, okay? So, Jace, quickly, who's your Fantasy Stud of the Week? So, my Fantasy Stud of the Week for this week is Drake Batherson. Three games... He's got five points, including three goals. And he's got three power play points over that span, too. He's been really lighting it up this week and uh, really making me confident in his performance moving forward on that top power play. So Drake Batherson, my fantasy set of the week. I was so close to picking him up earlier this week, too, and I didn't. Kyle, you're lucky. Kyle, fantasy stocky stud of the week. Who is it? You guys already know who I'm picking. Matthew Kachuk, stud of the week. <laughs> in four games, two goals, three assists, absolutely going at two power play points, putting the puck on net. 
15 shots, everything I can ask for as a new member of my team. And more. I feel like that was a shot at me too, in a little way. I love it. I've just, I've been taking some heat today. I feel the heat. Guys, Steven, end us with our last fantasy stud of the week. Who you got? Uh, this guy just keeps chugging along. Um, last three games that he's played, he's got four points. Uh, he's plus four. Shoots the puck. Connor Garland. He's just, he just keeps going for, uh, for Arizona. I mean, I, I didn't have anybody who actually completely blew the water off the top this week, but but he was really important for me in, in, in closing out a, an assist category league. So, uh, yeah, Connor Garland playing 21 minutes a game. He has, been, he has been excellent. Uh, I don't know what happened yesterday. He got scratched late, right? So keep an eye on that, Connor Garland. Um, we were talking about this in our group chat, actually. Uh, he could be most improved player of the year. And I, I love that I called that shout out real early on. He's in week one waivers. So I love to see that. And he's been great. I think 19 points through 20 games. Um, I think he's top 10 in even strength points too, which he just, he looks good. You watch him and he looks like a legit player, right? Uh, I think that's a good place for us to wrap it up though. Um, it's been a fun show. We discussed a lot, a lot of news, a lot of general conversation. We went through a big time parlay. We're going to hit it tonight. I feel it. I really do. Uh, Kyle saw, we saw Kyle lose his case trial. So that was very interesting. Okay. For the record, tweet at us. Let us know if I made a good trade or not. We'll, we'll put a poll up on our Twitter. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Yes, I actually do want to do that, Jace. Put a poll up for sure. Um, and as always, if you guys want to send us a message, need any advice, just want to talk about fantasy hockey, we love that stuff. So shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, at the underscore FH Network. Um, and we'll speak to you next week. Peace.